What's up, Elite Army? This is your kind of well, kind of toxic host, Sarah Rittendale, bringing you another episode of Well-ish. What's up, my little brain hostages? Welcome back. I hope you guys had a good last week really getting in line and deciding that you're your most elite selves and you're back and ready to just hone that in just a little farther. (laughs) Being in a new place and being exposed to different kinds of people has made me realize that there's really two kinds of people in this world. Those who have their own opinions And those whose entire personality and opinions have been absorbed based on what everybody else and their mother tells them what's right and wrong. I'm talking everything. The kind of people you're attracted to, what you do for fun, what you wear, how you spend your time. So much of our thought process surrounding the way we think about things and what we believe is based on this narrative that has been ingrained in us by our friends, by our family, by society. It's so obvious, too, because we all do it. We all hold ourselves to a similar moral compass. That's like how people get into like labeling themselves popular, nerdy, sporty, emo. Like we, no matter how old you get, you kind of like, Put yourself into this certain category based off what society says you think, believe, feel, express yourself, etc. And it's even more obvious the people that base their entire existence off of trying to do what's right and wrong based on a narrative that's been given to them compared to being really solid in who they are and making their own genuine, true choices on what their beliefs are and what their mindsets are. So we've got society telling us the right thing, right? And then we get it a little closer to home and we talk about our friends. Obviously, the people you surround yourself with more than likely will influence how you behave, how you think, what you believe, what you want to do for fun, how you dress, etc. Basically, who you are influenced by the people you surround yourself with, your friends. Then add in your family and what they've taught you is right and wrong. Let that be things that they've actually taught you. This is right. This is wrong. Like they verbally have spoken that to you. Or it's just random shit that you've learned and picked up on over the years that they are subliminally teaching you as you're living life and experiencing life at the same time as them. You might not be on the same level as them, but you're all This is the first time you've ever lived life together. So like you're all just experiencing it together. Sometimes we are so deeply rooted in this mentality that when we take a step back and ask ourselves, what do I really believe? What do I really like? What do I really think? What is my true mindset? You don't really have an answer or you're answering what you think you're supposed to answer. Some of us take it just a step further by beating ourselves up because we don't feel and believe in alignment with the things that we, quote unquote, know we're supposed to be doing in order to be our best selves. If we do not fall in line with that narrative that has been ingrained so deeply into us, we think that there's something wrong with us because we don't align with that narrative or that there's more to be done in order to work 
harder and eventually become aligned with that ingrained narrative that isn't something that we necessarily even believe. We just think that we're supposed to believe it because that's what has been taught to us through various outside sources. So again, if we step back and truly ask ourselves, is this something that aligns with my beliefs, my mentality, what I truly think, what I really like or dislike? Sometimes we might be unsure because we've spent so much time drilling in what we think we're supposed to do and never stop to ask ourselves, what do I want? Which is so crazy because why would you not live your life how you want to? We're living our life how we think we're supposed to. And none of that matters when you die. (laughs) So like, why are we doing that to ourselves? I'm not a scientist, but I would be willing to bet that we might be being so hard on ourselves because we are going against the grain of what we truly want and believe and think and feel. We're trying to fit that mold of what we're supposed to do, and it doesn't align with what we really want. Today, we're going to figure out what mentalities have been given to you and what mentalities actually belong to you. Now, obviously, some things we have adopted are good. It's good to be uncomfortable. That's some of the best times that growth happens. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you're uncomfortable because you just can't be satisfied. You just can't find happiness in your life. You just can't feel good enough. You just can't feel like you're being successful. You're having any wins. You're beating yourself up constantly. You're so hard on yourself. That kind of discomfort. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what we're trying to eliminate. Because obviously those mentalities don't put us in the best mental state and therefore don't make us feel in alignment with our elite selves. So we have to identify what those beliefs are that don't truly belong to us so we can start learning what beliefs we genuinely do have, implementing them into our lives, and becoming our most elite self. Let's get into it. I am not nearly as hard on myself as I used to be. But if I had a dollar for every time someone I cared about, I've even had like somebody that didn't really like me say this to me, which was wild, say that they think that I am too hard on myself and that I have no reason to be, I'd be a millionaire. (laughs) And if I had a fucking dollar for every time I told myself that I could be doing this or that better, we're talking billions, babe. But to me, being hard on myself was always a good thing. It contributed to the personality traits of myself that I really liked, like being passionate and driven and motivated. And I have good work ethic. And, you know, I like those things about me. So I I thought that the hardworking behavior was just a blessing and a curse. And I just had to accept the bad with the good. Because if I didn't have that, I might not be able to accomplish anything with my life. But it's when it starts to cross into toxic territory, it's not serving me. It's not doing anything for me. It's not making me any more successful than the person that is completely accepting of where they are or accepting for the most part of where they are and grinding just as hard as I am and probably going to be more successful because they can recognize their wins more than I can. 
in this toxic territory, nothing ever feels enough. I never feel enough. I would keep myself busy all day, all night between work, between the podcast, between working out, trying to eat healthy, trying to spend time with friends, trying to spend time with my boyfriend, you know, doing all of the fucking things that I'm supposed to be doing. And then I would take one night to spend laying on the couch, watching Real Housewives and being a fucking bum or God forbid, take an entire Saturday, like once in a fucking blue moon, I would take an entire day just to lay in bed and watch TV and I would beat myself up. I'd like swear to God, every time I would sit my ass on the couch to watch TV and just like have some relaxation time, I would be like, no, 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 this isn't right. I should have something else to do. Like I must not be acting on something. Like I must be wasting my time. I think that there's probably something else that I could be doing that would be a better use of my time that's going to propel me farther and I'm going to get where I need to go quicker because I'm going to do everything right now. Like, holy fuck, dude, calm down. I would get on these like something new kicks. Like I'm going to wake up at a earlier time every single day and then by four days in, I'm tired and I sleep a little bit longer and then I think I'm the biggest loser failure in the entire world. I say I'm going to start eating at home instead of going out. And then the weather is nice. And I'm like, but I would really like to go out for a soft pretzel and a drink and hang out with my boyfriend in a cool new environment. And then I beat myself up for that because I can't stay consistent with that. It's like I get on these kicks and then I will power out the kick. And then I'm like fucking pissed at myself when I screw it up. I would set my tasks for the day get them done. And if they didn't produce the results that I set the intention for them to produce, I would just tell myself how big of a fucking failure I was and how much more I could be doing in the future to make it better. I would tell myself that I was going to stand up for myself and set a boundary the next time this person does X, Y, and Z to me and the opportunity presented itself. And because I'm not as well-practiced in boundary setting as I would like to be yet, I just act a little bit more standoffish and then go ahead and beat myself up for not setting the boundary like I had rehearsed in my head instead of celebrating the win of making any change at all and progressing at all from just people pleasing and agreeable and going along with it or feeding into whatever they were saying to being standoffish and not giving them as much of myself as I used to. Everything in my life I did was never good enough. Now let's put a pin in that and go back to what I said that I've been realizing a lot about people lately. There is this really tiny box that we feel that we need to fit in in order to be good enough. A really good example that I want to share with you guys is something that I swear has come up to me since I started fucking dating. So many people love to make comments about the height of the man that I am dating. I've never really dated tall guys, and people always have to comment on that along the lines of, oh, you must like short guys, like snuffing me or making a joke about my taste in men. There is the society norm that tall guy equals sexy guy. Tall guys are just the guys that you go for. That is just like such a industry standard, such a society standard, a normal thing. Every single person knows exactly what I'm talking about. So because of that, every time someone says to me, oh, you just must like dating short guys, I feel a little bit of a gut punch. I feel that tinge of 
that I'm doing something wrong, that I could be doing something different, could be doing something more, that I'm not good enough, I'm not choosing the right men, I can't trust my taste in men. Like there's a possibility that there is somebody better out there for me. I start to question if I'm settling. Now let's take that pin out and let's get back to being hard on myself because that is exactly what's happening here. And all because I'm not in alignment with what society says is the right thing. Somehow that makes me think that I am wrong, even though I have never dated tall guys. So clearly have never found that to be a priority of mine. But because everybody else says that that's supposed to be a priority, it makes me question my own decision-making skills. And obviously, we can all fucking see how wild it is to think that we would all have the same exact opinion on absolutely everything. Why would you have the same opinion as somebody with a completely different brain, a completely different life, and a completely different background than you? There is literally no two people that will have the same exact opinion. But we're going to hold each other to the standard as though we do have the same opinion? Make it make sense. (laughs) I prefer someone that doesn't look like they're going to get blown over in the wind. Thank you. But because I've never gravitated towards these tall, lanky men, it's just not my personal taste. And I always have gravitated towards shorter, stockier men. But society says that tall, dark, and handsome is the way to go. And that is a requirement for what is sexy. I'm supposed to question my taste in men and what I'm attracted to and who I want to spend my time with and be in a relationship with, even though it's not what I know I'm into. That's ridiculous to expect yourself to hold yourself to that expectation that you have to be with a person that looks like that or otherwise you're settling. No, this obviously does not just apply to who you are attracted to. It was just a a cute little good example that I think really paints the picture of what I'm trying to talk about. (laughs) It applies just about to absolutely everything in your life that you're being hard on yourself for. Again, just as a disclaimer, just because I have to, I'm sorry. I'm not saying don't push yourself out of your comfort zone. You grow when you are uncomfortable. It's not what I'm talking about. I am referring to the toxic level of not feeling good enough or just always feeling like you're doing something wrong. I got another cute example to throw at you guys. I'm full of fucking examples today. I'm just painting pictures for y'all today. You think you're supposed to go out and party because you're young and in your 20s and that's what people that are young in their 20s do. A, all your friends are going out and partying. So that's one indicator that you should be doing it. B, you've seen that. Everywhere, movies, TV shows, social media. You see people partying online. You see, you've grown up knowing that, like, that's the cool thing to do. Oh, I got invited to the frat party. Oh, and we're going to this house party. Oh, look at this whole little club of people drinking and dancing and having the time of their fucking lives. Or maybe you learned something about it in your upbringing. This picture I'm painting you is more about the subliminal ways that you are absorbing what other people are telling you you are supposed to do and what is right and wrong. This picture I'm painting you is more to show you how subliminally this message can get absorbed into your belief system. And so it's a little bit more complicated to recognize 
to become self-aware that these aren't your true beliefs. On the surface, for a family level example, it's easy to just think a good example of this would be your parents drank a lot. You watched them have fun doing that. You've been exposed to drinking since you were a kid. You've watched that as you've grown up. So now you enjoy partying because that has been your example growing up. Okay. That's definitely a very true and very common reason why we might think that. But let me throw you a, a little curveball. Let me throw you again, painting this subliminal picture for you with my own experience. My parents have told us several stories of them going out and partying when they were young. Even if it wasn't a story, just even mentioning the words, yeah, I mean, we would go out all the time. We would go downtown all the time. We had parties all the time. It was the 80s. That's what you did. Blah, blah, blah. I also picked up from those stories that my parents were in the popular crowd. They were cool people hanging out with other cool people that other people wanted to be around, that wanted to date them. They were good looking, the whole thing. They would tell us these like harmless stories. They're not crazy inappropriate stories. They're not crazy wild stories, but they would be stories of their youth and going out and partying and how much fun they had that were always so entertaining to listen to. And it's just like weird to think of your parents in that different place in their life. You know, you didn't know them at the time. So it's like interesting to hear them talk about it. So you're like, whoa, this is a great story. Now I add on the layer that I idolized my parents and wanted their approval on absolutely everything, never wanted to disappoint them. I mean, it was just kind of that same thing that so many of us do when we're young. We just like worship and idolize our parents and who they are and what they did with their lives. And I want to be just like them. Then we're going to add in the layer of my parents not being partiers for my upbringing. It was important to them to not incorporate that into their parenting. They want it to be able to show up for their kids and wake up and deal with a screaming toddler and not be hungover. And they didn't really bring us around people that were swearing and drinking and partying all of the time because they just didn't want us to be exposed to that. And I remember even they didn't want us to really hang around our friends' houses that their parents did that, like more so for safety that like their parents didn't. It wasn't so much that they cared about them partying, but it was that when the parents were partying, they weren't watching us and they didn't care what we did and they felt that that was unsafe. And I mean, fuck it was. But through all of these layers, I learned several things about partying that were never directly told to me to be true. The quote unquote right thing to do is to be a partier when you're young. Being popular is being successful. To live a fulfilled life, I have to party because that's where the experiences are at. That's where the stories are to be told. I also learned that when you get older, you just shut off your partying. You know, it's it just one you one day you grow up and you just turn it off and you have kids and it just you never you never go back, you never look back. It doesn't impact you anymore. You don't have to put any effort into giving it up. You just stop one day because that's always kind of what their story sounded like, that they had us and it was just one day they made the decision to not go anymore and they never craved going out anymore, which, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe that is what they were able to do. I know for a fucking fact 
I wouldn't be able to cold turkey cut off partying. I'm sure they didn't. My mom's probably listening to this. Like, no, it wasn't like that. But I, we can obviously see based on what we've watched of other people that partying endlessly can stagnate your life or God forbid, destroy your life. So you have to, you know, kind of put in an effort to end the partying phase if that's what's important to you and if that's what's going to align you with your best self. Now, the funny thing with these narratives that we've been taught, especially these subliminal ones, is we convince ourselves that we really do believe them to be true or to be likes and dislikes of ours and mentalities of ours, and then validate it using those other experiences from our families, our friends, and what society has told us. To continue with the partying example, to continue with the partying example, I can say that I know that it's fun to go out and party. I like getting dressed up. I like drinking. I like those stories to tell after the night's end. I like the conversation. I like the liquid courage. I like the music. I like the dancing. I like the bonding that you have with friends when shit goes wrong and you've, again, got the stories to tell. I like the experience that you get to like go to different bars. Every state has them. Every city has them all over the country. You can always experience something new going to different places. That's so fun. I can say that I like to do those things. And I know that I do genuinely like to do those things. So when we say, do I really like to party? We can say, yeah, no, I I know that. I know that I do like to go out and I like to do that. But then we start to get hard on ourselves. After smoking weed every single night before bed, you just can't understand why it's so hard for you to wake up every morning. You're partying all weekend and sometimes during the week and you just can't understand why you can't get your finances right, why you never seem to have enough money. You feel social anxiety anytime you try to go into a situation sober. Then you ask yourself the question, do I really have fun going out? You're starting to beat yourself up every single time you try to put on an outfit and you don't look good. You're bored every time you're sitting out. You can't relate to your friends that are partying all of the time and that this is all they want to do. You start to feel yourself almost trying to fit into that narrative of being somebody that's a partier because A, that's what you always have done and you used to really enjoy it. Or you're just falling into that narrative because you fucking think that you're supposed to, that that's what you're supposed to be doing in order to like be living this wild 20s life when it's not really something that you enjoy or are, again, beating yourself up for in other areas of your life and are not putting the dots together as to what your values are, what your priorities are. If it's a priority for you to be able to wake up early, to be able to have financial wellness, to work on your social skills when you're not drinking, it might be connected and it might be more important to you to focus on those things than to devote so much of your time into something that you don't actually even think you really like. Or is a value of yours, but of course you do. You, I, we, we like to party. It's fun. You like to get dressed up. You like drinking. You like the stories. You like the conversation. You like the music. You like the dancing. You like the liquid courage. You like the experience of going to different bars. So then you start to validate. That's what all my friends are doing. 
that's what everyone online and in my favorite movies and TV shows have done. That's what my parents even did. And they turned out just fine. Look at the Wolf of Wall Street. He did all of the drugs and partied all the fucking time. And he was a millionaire. I must just need more willpower to get out of my bed in the morning. I must need to just work really hard at getting a new job and updating my resume and sending them all out and surfing through Indeed and applying to new jobs and putting in all of this effort so that I can try to make more money. Maybe fuck, maybe I'll even pick up a second job and I'll make more money that way. I need to just really talk myself out of my social anxiety issues. I I know I could do better. I know I could communicate better. Why am I so annoying? Why am I so awkward? Why can't I just talk? I know I can just talk. I see other people do it. Maybe if I, you know, Google some skills on what I could do, or maybe I'll listen to a couple TikToks on fixing my social anxiety. Fuck, maybe I'll just get a therapist and get on medication and, you know, that'll solve my problem. It has to get better one day, right? Sound familiar? So much of what we do in our lives is dependent on what we have been taught to be right or wrong by other people, anybody in the outside world except for ourselves. And if we keep trying to live up to everybody else's standards, we're going to be pouring so much energy into trying to live up to the expectations of other people and never really coming into alignment with our elite selves. An elite person is strong in who they are. And if your entire personality is just made up of other people's expectations of you, it's not possible to be strong in who you are. It's not possible to be strong in who you are because you didn't take the time to develop the self-awareness to know who you are. Therefore, it's going to be really hard for you to be in alignment and act in alignment and live in alignment with your highest, best elite self. In today's world, it is so easy to do this because we have social media pounding into our heads constantly who we are supposed to be. And a lot of it is subliminal. Instead of the aged term of being the popular girl that's now kind of cringy, now it's cool and normal and what's the hype is to be, quote unquote, that girl. And we like that girl. We want to adopt the habits of becoming that girl. So we take the that girl video that our favorite influencer just put up and write down all of the things that they say we need to do in order to become that girl. And then we scroll a little bit farther and we see another one of our favorite influencers videos with some new things that we could incorporate to become that girl. And now we have this arsenal of ideas and we can practice them all because we can come back to our note and we can try to do all of these things every single day because that is going to transform us into our that girl elite selves. And we'll have made it and we'll be perfect. And we did it. Ta-da. You're just like every aesthetic Instagram video now. Congratulations. You start to do all the things that you think you're supposed to do. And then it lasts a week, maybe. I'll give you a month. Fucking maybe. That's really hard. Maybe it, it normally does not last that long because you can't keep up with them because maybe getting a glass of lemon water and sitting down to do yoga every single morning in your backyard doesn't fucking resonate with you. 
And you would just feel so much more in alignment with your best self if you just allowed the space to make changes every single day and decide that you will get some daily movement in every single day. And while you're getting that daily movement in, you're just fucking sipping on your sink tap water that you poured into your water bottle because cutting up a lemon was just a little bit more of an extra step in order to get you onto this consistent cycle of drinking water and moving every day. But showing up for yourself through hydration and movement on the daily, no matter how you get that in, is what makes you feel in alignment with your elite self. Or fuck, maybe the lemon water and the yoga do work for you, but maybe everything else on the influencers list didn't work for you. But now you've got this little tidbit that you can put into your back pocket that you can now incorporate into something that does make you feel in alignment with your best self, but don't feel like you have to do every single thing on the influencers list, otherwise you're a failure. No, there's probably other things that work better for you to become in alignment with your best self. And just because somebody else told you that this is the right way to do it doesn't mean it's the right way for you. I I mean, honestly, it's simple. My friend was telling me this morning, she spent her entire Saturday playing Sims and this girl loves Sims. She's got all the fucking packages. She's got like the new horse edition package, like the whole fucking thing, you know, like she loves doing this, but she spent the whole time that she was playing this game that she loves and has loved since she was young, beating herself up, telling herself that she was a loser, telling herself that she should be out there experiencing life and spending her weekend in a quote unquote better way that she's quote unquote supposed to be doing. Because we've been taught subliminally that sitting at home and playing video games makes you a loser and you're boring and you're not living life to the fullest. Now, let me say this girl is not doing this every single day of her life. She is a hard worker. She's got a solid friend group that she sees weekly, if not more than that. She's very into experiencing new things and cooking and her dog and like... does like all of this stuff with her life, but because she chose to sit and spend her Saturday playing a game that she loves, she's a bad person now. She's not good enough now because outside forces told her that that's true. Even though she doesn't believe that, she knows that she's good enough, even though I hope she does. She should know it. Even though she's playing this game, Do you see how if you listened to last week's episode of making the decision to align with your best self, that starts to come into play here? Because in this scenario, if you decide that you're your best self, this does technically align with her best self. She's able to spend an entire day playing a game that she loves and using it as a relaxation, self-care, me time, and using that as a way that she is aligned with her best self and telling herself that. But when you're conditioned to follow the narrative that's been ingrained in us by outside sources, society, family, friends, etc., that's when you start to become hard on yourself and beat yourself up for things that you do actually like. Maybe you're being incredibly hard on yourself because once again, you didn't set a boundary, you didn't stand up for yourself, but you haven't become self-aware yet to realize that you have this narrative that setting a boundary means that you're not polite. Obviously, this is subliminal. Nobody has ever said to you, if you set boundaries, that makes you not polite. 
And if somebody did say that to you, it's probably because you tried to set a boundary with them and they didn't like it. (laughs) But you have applied that meaning to boundary setting through your own experiences and a compilation of other things that you've been told to believe that you now think that that's the truth. When if you are aware and you realize it, you can see that setting a boundary is not impolite. It's actually an act of self-care and it's you telling other people how to treat you because you deserve that. You deserve to be respected and that's all that is. And you can word anything however you want to word it. Setting a boundary doesn't have to be rude. We got to work on our self-awareness and we got to work on coming up with our own personality and stop trying to base it off of every other goddamn person. So to sum things up, a reason we might be so hard on ourselves is because we're trying to fit the mold of what we have been taught over time that we are supposed to do, what the right thing is and not choosing what to do based off of our own beliefs, likes, dislikes, mindsets, etc. We pick up these narratives from the people we surround ourselves with, what we see in the media, what we've learned in our childhood, and basically every tiny little corner of life. We have to build the self-awareness to recognize what we have been taught subliminally over time, And recognize what beliefs are truly ours and what beliefs have been handed to us. And we believe them because somewhere down the road, somebody told us that was the right thing to believe. You got to regularly practice self-awareness so that you can get yourself closer to understanding what your own beliefs, likes, dislikes, mindsets are and away from what have been the learned beliefs, likes, dislikes, and mindsets from the outside world. Because this is constantly happening, you're going to have to constantly self-reflect. It's not going to be a one and done situation. When you begin to get solid in your own beliefs, you begin to live in alignment with your elite self. If absolutely anything in this episode resonated with you, please share it with a friend. It's likely that if it resonated with you, it will resonate with somebody in your inner circle. Please do not leave without subscribing and leaving a review for the show. I appreciate you so, so much for listening. I want to know what narrative you guys have been holding yourselves brain hostage to. So let me know. If you have any questions or stories that you'd like to be featured on the podcast, you can find the submission link on Wellish's Instagram at Wellish Podcast in the highlight labeled Q&A. You can follow me on Instagram and on TikTok. Both are just my full name, Sarah Rittendale. Instagram has a dot between my first and last name. Follow me there for more self-improvement tidbits throughout your week. Have a kick-ass fucking week. Don't forget you are elite as fuck. And I will talk to y'all next Monday. Bye, guys. (laughs) 